0: Have you ever wondered what your neighborhood looked like before there were buildings on the land? What was Uptown like before freeways and the Galleria? What about the Astrodome area? And A-Leaf? And West U? Today, we're replaying one of our favorite episodes. If you haven't already heard it, CityCast environmental contributor Jaime Gonzalez may blow your mind. He shows us that Houston, before it was developed, was probably not what you imagined. It is Tuesday, June 14th, 2022. I'm Lisa Gray, and this is CityCast Houston. Okay, so Jaime, for ages now, you have been telling me about Google Earth, which will let me look at aerial images of Houston. So what is that exactly? What is Google Earth?
1: It's a free program that you can download for either a PC or Mac, And what it allows you to do is see kind of satellite images uh, of the the Houston area. And if you go back far enough, they're actual images that were created by airplanes. And the exciting thing about this for Houston is unlike most other major metropolitan areas, our photo record goes back to 1944 before the city really exploded.
0: So wait, you can basically time travel. You can go back in time and see what Houston used to look like in... 1970, 1945, or whatever, right?
1: Absolutely. When I teach kids uh, and adults about uh, using Google Earth, it is exactly that. It's a time machine uh-huh. that allows you to see how your neighborhood developed, how the city developed, how the transportation infrastructure developed, how the ecosystems changed over time. So it's a really cool time machine.
0: Oh, Excellent. You were saying Houston is different than other places in Google Earth?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Because of Houston's oil and gas uh, history, uh, there was a, a lot of aerial surveys that happened earlier in the in the 20th century.
0: When they were looking for oil.
1: They were looking to map the geography of the land, yeah. looking at gas fields and things like that. So there's, there are many cities across the U.S. where the photo record only goes back to the 90s or 80s or 70s. But here... We had to get really good at mapping really quickly because of the industry. So our maps go back to 1944, which is very rare in the U.S. Oh,
0: and it's wild because I think of Houston as being hard for historians. Yeah. And for once, we're actually better.
1: <laughs> yeah, for this in this case, we're actually better. So, you know, when I want to time travel, I look at explorers' accounts, I look at Google Earth, and I look at photographs. And uh-huh. so Google Earth has been really great for that.
0: All right. So Can you show me some of your favorite places and we'll describe them for people who are listening?
1: Let me show you a couple of spots that I think really show the dynamic change that Houston has undergone. When I think about change, um, I think about the Astrodome area.
0: Okay, so we're in Google Earth now and you are showing me the Astrodome and NRG in the present, right?
1: There's a little icon at the top. It looks like a clock. And what you do is you hit that clock and then a slider appears. And when that slider appears, the dates to which you can go back appear.
0: Oh, I want like the Doctor Who theme song right now. We are going back.
1: That's right, it's, it, it's really cool. So if you go back to 1940, let's say you get 1978, looks a little bit different. The images are a little bit gray and grainy, but you can tell it's still the Astrodome, but obviously energy's gone. If you go back to 1944 uh, and you take off the roads, what you see is this is just a pasture. This is a cattle ranch, part of a larger cattle ranch. And you'll also see right next to it, there's this speedway that is kind of an oval. Well, that's Buffalo Speedway. Oh,
0: wait, what was that? There was an actual Buffalo Speedway?
1: Yeah, you see this right here? Uh Uh-huh, that oval. (laughs) So that was a racetrack. People (laughs) drove...
0: 1940s whatever cars
1: I guess they were yeah drag whatever <laughs> oh, drag racing looked like back where there the
0: name came, the street name came from okay
1: over to the west and here's another such uh, thing you'll start to also pick up that there were airports in the area um and so there's these little municipal airports and they and uh, there was one right there on Main Street so
0: Oh, wow. There was a Main Street airport by the Astrodome.
1: There was a there was a Main Street. There was this whole series of metropolitan small aircraft airports. And so what you get to see when you use this Google Earth is you get to see the development of your neighborhood. So my neighborhood's directly across the street from Maine. And then it's 1944 aerial. It doesn't exist. It's a it's a airstrip and a uh, and it's a cattle. Uh, uh, it's a, a cattle ranch. Oh, so wow. this is the airstrip. And my house is about right here. And later on, it would be used to plan this subdivision in the 1950s. So uh, in many neighborhoods across the city, you can see the development of your neighborhood using Google Earth, and it's really super cool.
0: Oh, this is fun.
1: One of the reasons we're using this tool as conservationist is we wanna see where are the ancient spots of nature left. And so if I go just south of the Astrodome area, we start to see this very alien-looking landscape. Oh, uh, This landscape is pockmarked, it looks like areas on the moon, yeah. it's got these little white flecks of dots, it's got these old river channels. And so this is the, the ancient landscape that covered most of Houston, it's the Coastal Prairie Wetlands Complex is what we call it.
0: Okay, so this was covered in grass, I mean, what okay, what we're looking at is gray. And it does look like something NASA would send back.
1: So all the dark splotches that you'll see when you go into Google Earth Uh back to 1944 are old wetlands that were left over from the Ice Age. And all the white dots were these little sand hills called Mabo mounds. And so if you were on the ground here, you would see a prairie. There'd be wet areas, there would be drier areas, there would be little copses of forest called oak motts. This is uh, an extraordinarily rich ecosystem And so today, because these are so rare, we actually use Google Earth to look for these potholes that are signatures that the prairie is still there. So conservationists use it to kind of do geo-prospecting in a large scale to look at where there might be these small remnants of ancient ecosystems.
0: This was how that deer park prairie was found, right? The prairie hunters were like Googling around and spotted this unchanged thing. That's exactly
1: right. There's There's a guy named Don Verser who was looking for old remnants in just this way and found uh, what would become the Deer Park Prairie.
0: Right before it got developed and it was preserved as a prairie.
1: Right before it got developed.
0: Ah, So are there still these original prairie spots left in the Houston area?
1: Yeah, there are still spots. Even sometimes within Beltway 8, there are these small pieces of ancient prairie that are left. Uh And the way that we're best able to see those is by looking at Google Earth and basically, you turn it back to 1944, you see where all the potholes are, and then you kind of zoom in to see where they're still left.
0: Okay, the good kind of potholes.
1: The good kind of potholes, not the ones we need filled. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so anyway, it's a great tool for, for conservation. It's also a great tool for urban planners and developers because they can kind of see the history of the land.
0: Oh, this is cool.
1: Let's say that we wanted to go out by the Galleria. Uh-huh. That's a cool place. Okay. So I'm going to show you the Galleria and what it looked like in 1944. And as you can see here, it was probably hay meadows. Okay. Uh, Westheimer Road, you know, uh, the old FM road there is going through. Wow. But where the Galleria is literally, what you can see is you can see all these these kind of rectangular or square artifacts on the land. on the. Those are agricultural plots. So these were either hay meadows or they were growing some vegetables or... Cattle, yeah. um, and so that's another cool thing is, is if you go just west of Westheimer or uh, the what is the Galleria area, then you'll start to really get into. Do you see this, Lisa? Oh. These are all of these square plots here. This is all agricultural land.
0: This is like yeah, flying over the Midwest.
1: This is like flying over the Midwest exactly. And I think I think that's one of the take home points is that you know we think about Houston as such a big bustling city and and this development has been here for a while but truthfully it's just within this within one person's lifetime that all of these tremendous changes have happened if you're looking at this uh photo here of just past the galleria going to the west and you get to piney point Uh you can also see how tremendously huge the forest around buffalo bayou was oh yeah so a lot of this has really been you know constricted a little bit but at this point, a lot of bayous had not been straightened or channelized or concreted or anything. So you can see forest on Braze Bayou, you could see forest on White Oak Bayou. And so it really kind of shows you how everything has kind of grown up.
0: Oh yeah, this is fascinating. I'm so disoriented without freeways, Jaime. I-
1: it is very disorienting because you don't really have those historic, in fact, a lot of these, these these roads, right, would change names and things. If you zoom up to a place like Cyprus, which is very, very, um, dense with subdivisions, if you go back to 1944, it oh. really does look like the surface of the moon, right? So yeah. there are literally thousands of these potholes, these, these seasonal wetlands, right. pockmarking the entire surface of Cyprus here. And and this is why Houston was one of the, really the best waterfowl hunting areas that people knew around the world. Uh-huh. Uh, because these potholes attracted tens of thousands Hundreds of thousands of ducks every year. At least I know you went to Rice. So one of the cool things is you saw the prairie potholes on South Main, yeah, in, in those historical images. Well, one of the things that attracted the Rice students apparently uh, to come to the Rice Institute when it first started was the ability to go hunt ducks just south of the campus. <laughs> so you know, people thought, "Oh, these people are crazy. They're putting this world class institution in the middle of nowhere." But the truth is, is that a lot of the young students who came at that time, they're like, great, we can go hunting real close by. So you can see, uh, so we're now, we're hovering over Rice University right now. And what you can see is you can see-
0: Okay, and this is 19- This is
1: 1944. So it had been open for what, 30 something years at that point. There's the, you know, the main, the beautiful buildings that you you can see. But other than that, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> there are a lot of trees that have been planted They aren't as old as they are now yeah. because if you fast forward in time, take a look at the trees.
0: Oh right
1: you see how much larger those those big right. magnificent oak trees are on the campus so those are all planted when they started the institute and now they've kind of come into fruition and they're beautiful but you can you can see that the campus is is much better. Kind of built out in terms of facilities and things like that
0: so even though it has way more buildings now there also there's more shade
1: there's more shade here's west university place
0: okay oh i can see sharp outlines because there are trees right
1: Yep, there are trees it looks like it's on a grid pattern right i think west yeah. U is very well laid out kind of geographically this this beautiful grid uh, very leafy neighborhood and if you go back to 1944 it was just kind of getting going and you can see all oh. the way around it is still undeveloped undeveloped land.
0: Yeah, so in 1944, it's the gray space that's surrounded by green stuff.
1: That's right, exactly.
0: And now it's the green space it's that's surrounded by, by gray, the gray stuff.
1: stuff. Yeah, great observation.
0: So if I want a leafy neighborhood in 50 years, this is really inspiring.
1: It is. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think that that's a great point. You know, depending on the types of trees. So there are a lot of oaks uh, that were planted around the Rice University area at West U. Those obviously are a little bit slower growing. So we're, you know, one of the things we're thinking about now is like, how do we plant these really magnificent species alongside really quickly growing trees, so we can be shaded even more quickly. They can provide more habitat value. That those kinds of things. But yes, to your point, you can be a Johnny Appleseed. You can plant some trees. And in 50 years, it's going to be heavily forested, cooler, and, and more healthy.
0: Okay, so show us a leaf.
1: Let's take a look at a leaf in 1944. Do you see the bustling place of a leaf? So this is a town at the time. I think it maybe had not been incorporated into the city yet. Uh, you can see that this was uh, agricultural. So what we're looking at here is we see these big blocks, yeah, uh, big rectangles of geometry. Those are all c- row crops. Uh, you can also see directly to the south of these big blocks of row crops, you have this very, uh, very complex prairie wetland landscape. Back in that day, if you wanted to do rice farming, sometimes you would just farm into that native hydrology and geology. So they would use the, the prairie wetlands to grow rice.
0: And now we jump and, and boom.
1: Boom. A-leaf is... A residential community with lots of subdivisions. There are houses, uh, there are streets, but interlaced within all of that human development, there are still, as you can see, some remnant ancient prairies here, and there's some wildlands yeah. here. But here's the here's one fun thing: is when you look back at 1944, the block I'm looking at right now, you can tell there's lots of trees growing there. And in 1944, it was pretty much just open grassland. It's because they've taken the cows off. And so if you do that, trees start to grow up in this area real real quickly. And so when you get to 19, by 1993, the whole thing is pretty much built out. And then today, you, it's very hard to find any open land at all.
0: Oh, So these things that used to be prairie turn into forest.
1: That's right. What happens is we think of Houston as a very uh, forested city. And so people who are new to Houston come in and think, oh, we cut, this city out of a big forest, but actually what it was, so we cut it out of a big prairie that then we grew trees on and it became a forested city. So we probably have more trees now, probably uh, than we've had in uh, forever.
0: Wow. So why wasn't Houston a forest before the Allen brothers founded the city?
1: We had a long, long history of disturbance here. So we had buffalo that would come down. We also had a, a very ancient um habitation of humans here. Uh, folks have been here for at least th- 11,000 years.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: We believe that many of those folks are just like indigenous peoples throughout the U.S. where they used fire to manage grasslands for, for game, oh. uh, to control pests. And so this is, Houston has always been- So they would a, burn yes, yeah. the prairie That's to keep right. the trees
0: from taking over.
1: That's okay. right. So Houston has always been a heavily managed area by people- um, and if we think about the abundance of great soils and all that stuff, we can, you know, thank the indigenous people who were here managing and stewarding this land actively for those thousands of years that we, before we got here.
0: Cool. Oh, this is fun, Jaime. I love this so much. This is great. Thank you.
1: All right. Well, thank you for having me on. This is this is exciting. I, I always love telling people about what I call the bones of the city, uh-huh. because it really determines so much about this place, right? So. Right. Um, So I think Google Earth can reveal those bones in a a way that uh, very few resources can.
0: And it's fun to think about what we're going to look like in 20 years or 50 years.
1: That's right. You wonder if some of the stuff that is developed now is going to infill and grow up and we'll create more green space for ourselves. So, no, I think that the city's always digesting itself (laughs) and reconstituting itself. And it is a choice as to what kind of city we want to have. So we could have a city that's more of a garden city, more rich in green spaces by building a little bit differently.
0: That was CityCast contributor Jaime Gonzalez. We will have a link where you can download Google Earth in our show notes. And also, if you like this rerun, we'll link to another show that we've done that you may also love. It's another one with Jaime called Where the Buffalo Roam. Next up, I'm with lead producer Dina Casbadina. What else is going
2: on around town? Thanks, Lisa. So y'all, I've got some updates on that wild mess that was the George Bush Intercontinental Airport. Remember when we were talking about how bad traffic was at the airport, that people were getting out of their cars with their luggage and walking to their terminal? Well, no promises on that not happening again, but we can expect some major improvements. On the 1st of July, they're planning to reopen the departure ramp in Terminal C with the intention of having that allow traffic to flow more smoothly and quickly. And then on July 15, they're planning to remove another temporary detour which will also help with traffic issues. Then come November, the construction for an early bag storage will be completed and they said that the lanes on the South Terminal Road will be open. But again, I still recommend you get to the airport early and you avoid any craziness that might incur. And y'all, we should have some major pride right now because a Houston student won Apple's worldwide coding competition. Jones Mays II is a junior at Carnegie Vanguard High School. He was one of the hundreds of students that were invited by Apple to create an app. The app that Mays created is called Ivy. It was inspired by his time spent gardening with his grandfather. It's supposed to help identify invasive species, which I'm sure we've got many listeners that are going to be super excited to get their hands on this. But yay to Jones! And yay for Houston! That is it for our show today.
0: Please, if you liked what you heard... Tell somebody who ought to be listening. Share it on social media, email it to somebody, text them, do whatever. Just help us find our listeners. We appreciate it. We'll talk with you tomorrow. That's all we got. It's just hot. It's hot.